Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? Yes, I'm back. (laughs) I've actually very much missed doing the podcasting. And if you just listened to my last one, I did apologize for having taken a break for about a month, actually. Um, Just with school starting and our kids balancing that. And I run a tutoring agency, balancing those kids going back to school. And... I didn't mention the last one too, but my book right now is at the editorial stage. And so the month of September was really fine tuning it to be able to have it sent off to an editor and finding an editor, so researching and and figuring out the best one for me. So uh, September was a very busy and I'm hoping as parents, you can all forgive me (laughs) because I'm sure your Septembers were busy too. And I'd love to hear about that. So Parenting with a Twist on Facebook. It's a page there. Or our website is at parentingwithatwist.com so you can connect with us that way too. So today's um, podcast is going to be called, sadly, What Do I Want to Be When I Give Up? We did a whole bunch of podcasts leading up to August um, and including August that were very informational based. So I believe in giving people knowledge and giving people information and then helping them to decide if they want to make some changes based on that knowledge and information or if they're happy where they're at. And so, you know, I really do invite you if you're new to Parenting with a Twist podcast to go back and take some time to listen to those uh, first 48 or something like that because they're really informational based. But then what I made a commitment to you guys to do is to give you some information to touch base on those, but then to give you some reflection or some ways to make those changes if you want to in your lives. So I'm getting you to question your actions and those of your child and those around your child, their key influencers, so that you can um, start to affect some change based on the information I've given you. So sadly, what do I want to be when I give up? And why do we say that? It's a play on what do you want to be when you grow up? In our tutoring agency, one of the key questions we ask kids, depending on their age and how the conversation is going in our first meeting with them is, you know, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? And funny enough, I ask that same question to adults that I work with too and coach and parents. Because, you know, are we ever actually grown up? Could be a whole other podcast. But in terms of this one, what do I want to be when I give up? It's because quite often the school system unfortunately stifles a lot of the key things that we need in order to 
be successful and to even think that there is success out there for us. So imagine if learning and trying were synonymous with success in school, which means like imagine if they were looked at the same way. So if somebody didn't score well on a test, but they really had put their best effort forth, that that would be rewarded. What if we were graded, again, not on the actual right answer, but on the effort to achieve that answer? What if we were graded on the ability to come back from a failed attempt? I'm not sure how it is with your children in school, but certainly when there's lower marks that come home, there is no celebration attached to that. There is no opportunity or sorry, I shouldn't say there's no opportunity, but there's few and far between opportunities to come back from that. And imagine that for a child over and over again. What do you think that does to their self-confidence? What if we are great on the ability to link subjects with our passions? How many children we get at Tutoring with a Twist that we help that are so discouraged? Because they're not seeing the why behind why they need to learn these things. There's very unusually an opportunity for them to say, hmm, I really like skateboarding and I really don't like math. And a teacher to jump in there and say, hey, everybody, skateboards, (laughs) let's go to the skate park and we're going to learn why math needs to be important to Johnny. We're going to go to the horseback riding farm and we're going to talk about why math is important to horse or the dance studio or the playground or a soccer ball or whatever it is that the children are interested in and linking those things. Imagine if we gave our children um, props or grades for bringing their interests into the classroom and saying, hey, I would love to learn how they connect. Instead of, hey, you over there, stop talking. This is a math lesson right now. What if we could integrate the two, passion and math? Sometimes in our tutoring agency, one of the first steps I say to the kids that I want to do with them and the parents is actually to link a smile with the subject that they don't like. And that's a win for us. So is that a grade? No. But will that translate to higher grades? Absolutely. What if we graded our ability to make connections between what we are learning in school and in our lives? So that was an example of a passion. But what if, you know, your child's learning math and they're like, ah, when am I ever going to need to know this? Well, let's take them to the store. Let's have them budget. Let's have them plan a meal out for the week. Let's have them cook the meal. I mean, there's so many ways that we do use math. And I'm using math as the primary example here only because that's the subject most often associated with anxiety and most often that parents get extra help for their children with and that most often parents will say they cannot do themselves. What if we are graded on our ability to recognize what we did wrong and correct that? So what I did when I taught was if we had had um, a test Um, that they did, then they were able to take the test home and make the corrections. And what I would more often than not do is say, you know, this needs to be done immediately so that there isn't the opportunity to go and maybe look at other tests, although I would always change my tests up. But you know what? Even that was a strategy. If they were smart enough to get somebody else's test and copy the answers down, 
that's a strategy, right? And I didn't give them full marks for it, but I gave them half marks. If they made an attempt after they hadn't done something to go out and seek the right answer, however they did that, that was worth more to me than giving them a failed test back, writing that mark down and judging them and basing their school success on that. And one step further, have them, I could have them explain it to me, right? So then I know that they've went the extra step to write down the answer and then they've thought it through. They've thought through what they didn't understand. Imagine if we were graded on that at school. Imagine the excitement then to get a test back, go, oh, okay, well, I didn't understand these things, but I know I have this opportunity to learn it now. And sometimes, guess what, guys? That's the way some people learn. Some people don't learn by cramming for a test, taking the stressful test, writing it, and then not doing well, and then learn. People learn from taking the test and then knowing what they didn't know. Very interesting, I find. We had a real run of this two years ago at a particular school. And what that was, was that kids were getting these great homework marks, these great homework checks, and then they'd write the test and they wouldn't do well. Well, I said to the parents, maybe you should ask the teacher if they're actually looking for that the answers are right and that the information is understood in the homework as opposed to just a homework completion mark. Well, that's exactly what was happening. So these kids were doing their homework and they thought they were getting it right because there was no check and balance. Then they'd write the test. They wouldn't do well. And again, there was no check and balance. There was no opportunity to rehand in the test. There was no um, opportunity to have an oral conversation with the teacher about the test. There was no opportunity to correct something that had happened or went wrong. So do you really have to ask why I'm saying, what do I want to be when I give up? If you try at school, it's not rewarded. You're not graded on trying or leaking your passions to it or finding connections to the outside world, you're graded on a test. And yes, I know lots of school systems are going away from testing as the predominant thing, but not yet. It's still a predominant factor. And even if it isn't, then how are they going to start grading kids and are they going to take all these different things into account? What if kids were graded on their ability to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. They've just listened to a whole math lesson and they're lost. And they were actually graded, given a grade for saying, I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know what you're saying. And I need help. Or I followed what you said in class. I followed the textbook. I tried it for homework and I still do not understand. And that there is actually a class on I don't understand and a class on how to say I don't understand and a class on how to ask for help instead of, okay, math, next textbook, next question, next thing. Okay, on to the next thing and not actually building that in as synonymous with learning. The best employees that I've ever had and team members that I've ever worked with have been people that can ask for help and say, you know what, I actually don't understand what you just said, or I read over the email and I've made this attempt, but I don't really know how to do it. And and instead, what we're doing actually is shutting people down so much that they don't even sometimes make that first attempt. Um, we started with a child yesterday, or the day before yesterday, high school didn't do well last year, 11% was a common grade. And you know what? They didn't give any supports to this school, um, the school, sorry, didn't give any support to this um, student returning. So this is what was their last year. And so they weren't 
passed, which um, is very rare. So I actually said to the mom, I think you should go along with that and not just put her in the next grade. However, the punitive measures that they wanted to take, if okay, in September, this person went back to their old patterns, we're going to take all these punitive measures. I thought to myself, what? You're, you're, of course they're going to have some setbacks. Of course she's going to have some failures. She went from having 11% in a subject. That's not going to change overnight. What can we do to build in success? Who's a teacher she really likes? What does she really like about school? Let's capitalize and build on all those. Let's have a success meeting. How are we going to create success for her? Not what are we going to do when she starts to mess up punitively. And yet, that's where most people's minds go. So who do I want to be when I give up really does fit these different things. So how are you going to do this? Well, you're going to have to really start to have conversations with your children about this, with their teachers about this. You're going to really need to make sure that the school understands your thoughts and your values around education. You want your child to love learning. You want your child to love learning going love learning and going to school. You want it to be that if they fail that it's okay because you're going to help pick them up and you want their teacher to have this attitude with them too. So again, as I said in my last podcast, do I want to change the system? Well, I absolutely do want to change the system. But (laughs) in terms of parenting with a twist, I believe that we do that one child at a time. Start with you, start with your child, start with their teacher and start creating that culture. And also understand that your child is not their age in terms of of intellect. So we put children, okay, you're this age as of January 1st, then you're going to go into this grade. But please tell me that you've noticed differences between kids in different grades in terms of either their physicalness or their intellect. And as a teacher, I would know that let's say I was teaching grade five, I would have anywhere from grade three to grade seven in terms of the intellect sitting in front of me. I could have a child who is grade five age, grade seven ability in math, maybe grade four ability in English. A child isn't their age in terms of intellect, and yet that's where the majority of our school systems put our kids. And so if your child is really excelling in math and they're in grade five, why not give them the opportunity to go sit in the grade six or the grade seven classroom for math? Why not have them excel at something that they're really passionate about and that they really like? Except, you know, what they normally do is they'll say, oh, you can go help the other kids or here's more worksheets. They don't celebrate that. And then for the kid that's, say, in grade five age, but doing grade three math work, they're not given that opportunity. They're not said, hey, you know what? Go down the hall to the grade three classroom and let's build your skills back up and you're welcome back in here. And because we're celebrating the fact that you need to learn those things. Instead, they're given the same textbook and the same worksheets that the other grade five age child is getting that is probably grade seven age in their math abilities. And we're not wondering why people are giving up why the really intelligent kids aren't saying, oh, this is so boring, and then maybe end up getting in trouble or just disengaging, or the kids that are falling and don't understand are also having those same thoughts. Hopefully that gives you an idea of potentially why that's happening. School and home are, or sorry, school is home to many psychological dropouts. 
It affects how they perform in school. It affects how well they do in high school and beyond. It affects their employment opportunities. And it affects their even their choices as to what they think that they can and can't do and how they then engage in high-risk behaviors. This child that was not doing well in school, well, what, what did they see as their option? Hanging out with the group that's out there smoking and skipping? Well, certainly going into class and getting 11% and 4% and failing really didn't sound like a great option when they could go get a, some fun with the people that also are all feeling that way. So, you know, let's think about it when we hear kids that are maybe dropping out or aren't doing as well. What's not being celebrated for them? What are they not giving success for? So some questions that I want you to ask yourself. How can you link your child's passion to their schooling? How can you help re-engage your child in school? How can you have a conversation with your child about what tests actually measure? So what tests actually measure is a point in time where you knew that concept or you didn't know a concept or you memorized a date in history or you didn't memorize a date in history. That is all a test is telling us. And if you really want to have value in tests, then how does your child learn? How do they do homework? How do they study? How do you respond when they get their tests back? And how does the teacher respond and how does the school culture respond to that? Is it locked in to that one opportunity or that one point in time? Have a conversation with your child as teacher about how they learn best listen to the last podcast about how to do that and how to do that successfully and then also what are they given other than tests to show what they learn are they given points for putting their hand up and saying I don't understand are they given points for returning a test with corrections have those conversations did you did you ever have a moment where you felt like a failure at school and how did you turn that moment around And if you didn't and that's still sitting in you, how do you maybe um, put that on your child? And then ask your child the same question. Have they had moments where they feel like a failure? And how can you help them turn that around? Use the school year they're currently in and find an example of a piece of work that was not given an acceptable work. Uh, mark, sorry. And of course, we're just into September, but I'm sure you could probably find something or ask the teacher for upcoming things and applaud your child for actually having turned it in or for trying on the test that day and say, hey, let's see if we can talk to your teacher about getting this turned around. Give your child the following sentences to say, I don't understand. I need help. I don't even know what I don't know. I follow the example in the textbook and I still need help. Give them those opportunities by giving them the language and tell the teacher, you know what, I'm applauding my child at home for telling me when they don't know and they ask for help when they've given an attempt, obviously. And so could you please start doing the same? Ask your child what core level they're at in their terms of their reading, in terms of their writing, in terms of their comprehension, in terms of their math. Because if your child is sitting in grade five and they're at a grade seven level, what is the teacher doing for them? What is the school doing for them? If they're in grade five and they're sitting at a grade three level for anything, what is the child, sorry, what is the school doing for them? What is their teacher doing for them? Your teacher should know this. And this is a really opportune time because they've just had a month with your child. What do they know about them? And like in the last podcast, reach out to us if you don't know how your child learns. Reach out to us if you want to figure out where your child's sitting. 
at what grade level for those important pieces. At parentingwithatwist.com, which is our new website that is just up and, and getting beautiful, or Parenting with a Twist on Facebook. Connect with us either place. Thanks so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.